thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Today we're in Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Next week we'll be in Psalm 120. It means we have 176 verses today. So I would encourage you to get real comfy. No, I'm kidding, man. Y'all are visiting with us. Don't get alarmed by that. But the word's beautiful. You know, through Scripture, you see in Jeremiah, it says, when your words came to me, I ate them. John says that your word, is, it became flesh and dwelt among us. It became flesh. It's, it's living. Uh, your word is a spring that lives in us, that's constantly welling up. And the Holy Spirit, the word, giving us life, giving us nourishment. I want you to listen and before we get to our text. This is uh, Isaiah 55. It says, my thoughts... They're not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Listen to 10 and 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, and so it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. That's the word. The word will never, ever, ever come back void. Ever come back void. It will never come back empty. Never, ever, ever. I want you to look at Psalm 119. It is long. Sometimes we don't even touch it because it's so long, but it's rich. And I want to run through this with you. We're not going to do 176, I promise, okay? We're going to look at eight verses today, and and I'm just going to break them up and run through them each one at a time. Uh, Verses 1 and 2, I want to look at verses 1 and 2. These are the internal delights of God's Word, the internal delights the lights of God's word. I want you to look at verses one and two. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, whose walk, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. Psalm 119 and Psalm 1 begin the same way. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. That's Psalm 1. Blessed is the one whose ways are not blameless, okay? Walking in the word, living the word out. My word will will always accomplish what I want. It will always produce fruit. It will come down and water my child. Blessed, blessed, blessed. It says, man, if you want to be blessed, this is how you do it. So if we knew, if we knew the recipe of how to live a blessed life, life. Wouldn't we do it? This is what he says over and over. Blessed, overflowing delight. That's good. I'll sign up for that. Deep-seated joy. Mm Mm-hmm. I need that. All right. Not a surface happiness, okay, but a deep-seated joy. What is the word? It becomes what? A well. Wells are deep. They're deep. Deep Deep-seated joy and a supreme satisfaction. Mm, We could use a little bit of that today. A supreme satisfaction, 
okay? Not, oh, I got all that I wanted, I'm happy. You're only happy until you get your next whatever I need. It just wears off. This is a supreme satisfaction. Is this enough? I'm going to make a statement. Over the coming years in America, the question is going to be, is this enough? I'm not trying to predict doom and gloom, but I'm going to tell you, don't be surprised if there's not a pruning. Don't be surprised if we have to decide, is this enough? Is this Because, see, for too long it's just an add-on. It's going to have to be life. It's going to have to be all for you. It's going to have to be everything for you. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless. What does this mean? Whose walk according to the law of the Lord. Mainly, basically it means this. That daily, daily, that daily my path, my path is directed by the word. Now, ask yourself this question. When I get up to the time I go to bed, is my life, my choices, my behavior, everything I do directed by the word? Is the word driving my boat? Is it driving the bus? Is it driving my life? That is what he wants to do. He says, blessed is the man, blessed is the man whose life is driven, whose life is directed by the word. Is his precepts, his statutes, his commands driving your life? That's what he desires for us. It's the internal delight of the Lord. It's the internal delight of of the Word. That's what it wants to do. He wants to drive our life by the Word of God. Is that the boundary for you? Look at verse 2. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their hearts. I want you to look at Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Absolutely love the verse. We're all about Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know, this is the Lord, I know the plans I have for you. Okay? Declares the Lord. Plans to what? Prosper you. I, I'm, I'm good. All right? Not to harm you. All right, good. I'm all about that. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That is beautiful. That's what he desires for us. That's what he wants to do to us. That's how he wants to bless us. He has this. That's his promise. Now, look, it does not come. No promise comes without responsibility. That's his promise to us. That's his desire for us. Look at our job. Look at our responsibility. Then I, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me And you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. This is all, this is what's directing your life. You're just constantly in the Word, consistently in the Word. It's driving you. Today, is this book driving your life? Is this the engine that's producing life in you? Is this the well that springs up in you? This 
Listen to me. I'm not beating you over the head by saying, you got to get in the Word every day or you're a bad Christian. All right? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you got to consistently get in that Word. Will you do it every day? Probably not. I don't do it every day, and I'm your pastor. I know, oh, I don't do it every day, okay? I don't do it every day because I think they think sometimes preachers just sit up in a corner and, uh, uh, that's not, no. If you live by me, I'm usually mowing, okay? But I'm probably talking while I'm mowing. I'm not talking to myself. I'm working on Scripture. I'm talking about Scripture. I'm talking to God, so don't think I'm a freak, okay? But, but, but you've got to meditate on the Word of God. You've got to take that Word in. It's got to direct your life, meaning it's got to become you a spring every single day. There will be days that you have a minute or two in the Word. There will be days you may have 15 or 20 in the Word. It doesn't matter. He's not up at keeping score. But what he's saying is if you will take that Word in... It will produce back. It will do in you, not for you, okay? We'll get there later. Because a lot of people say, well, I'm, I'm going I'm to, all right, preacher, I'll try the word for a little while. I'm going to try and see if, see if it works. Excuse me? It's not a deodorant, all right? It's the word. It's, it's not... I mean, I'm not trying to simplify it, but that's not, it's not a dog and pony trick show. This is the Word of God. It's not something you just try, okay? It's something, it's not what it does for you, it's what it does in you, okay? And so what it is, it's the Word that blesses you, that becomes a spring of living water in you. So you'll have five one day, you'll have 15 the next. You may miss a day or two, but you get right back in the Word. Why? Because it directs your life. It, you know when you're not in it. You need it. It nourishes you. It feeds you. It's everything flows out of that. And you need to be in the Word because He wants to bless you. And He says, if you will seek me with all your heart, I will bless you. I've got all this in store for you, but i got to know I can trust you. Don't question whether you can trust me, but i got to trust you. And the way He knows that is your heart, and it's in the Word. Look at verse 3. This is a moral direction of God's will. And Lord, how we need that. The moral direction of God's will. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. Walk implies a habitual lifestyle or a well-marked path to God's will. You see what he's saying? It's, it, it's, it's a habitual lifestyle. It's a habit. You say, well, Jeff, I'm not, I'm not probably where you are in my time in the Word. Well, good. I'm not where I want to be either, okay? So we're all growing, okay? I'm not, I'm not there yet. Yes, but here's the deal. Are you trying? Are you trying? Because so many people say, well, I want me to be perfect. I can't be perfect. I can't be, I can't, what do you mean? I'm not perfect. You know what perfect means? Perfect means I want to use this card perfect because I know I'm not that. That way I don't have to try. That's what I do. I can't be perfect. Why do you want me to be perfect? All right. No, he's not asking for that. He'll make you perfect when you stand in his presence in heaven. All right. Right now, he wants you to be what? A trying. He wants you to try. Are you trying? Are you just shelving it? I can't do it. I've tried that. It didn't work for me. I've done that. It didn't work. I can't be that. I'm boy, I am not Jesus. Right? He, he knows that. He knows your name. He gave it to you, okay? Now, my mama did. Well, he knew that ahead of time, okay? But here's the deal. 
He's not trying, he's not wanting you to be perfect. He wants you to be a, a guy or a lady that, that is pursuing him, that you're pursuing him through the word, that every day when you get that opportunity, you get in that word and you go, God, I want your word, your precepts, your statutes, your commands to direct me. Well-directed life towards God's will. That's all he wants. If you're pointed towards him and pursuing him. Now, will you struggle? Mm -hmm. Will you have bad days? Mm -hmm. Will you make mistakes? Yes, you will. But my friends, here's the deal. Are you going to spend seven years in a ditch or seven minutes over a speed bump? Because in life, they're all of them. They, it doesn't mean just fall in the ditch and go, that's what I am. I'm just a ditch lover. I just stay here wallowing my sin. I can't do it. Poor pitiful me. Get up, wet pretzel child of the king. Get up. That's not who God made you. Get out of the ditch. Get back on the road. All right? Too many Christians fall off, and they just lay in a ditch. People just driving by. They ain't seen me yet. He liked the guy at the pool of Bethesda laying there, waiting for the pool to spin. And Because the deal is, if the water's spinning and you get in it, you get healed. Guy been laying there 30-something years, can't walk. He been wanting somebody to help him get in. By the time he can get up, somebody else done beat him in the pool. Jesus walked by someday. He laying there. He's laying there all crippled. All right? And, and, and Jesus said, what, 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 what can I do for you? He goes, well, when the pool's spinning, if you help me get in, I, 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 I'll be healed. And Jesus said this, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? That's what he's asking so many of us. Do you really want to get well? Listen to me. There ain't a pill man's ever made that's better than this pill. And this dude right here will heal you like nobody's business. Nobody's. And I'm not trying to throw medicine under the bus by no means. But I'm going to tell you right now, he is a great physician. He is Mr. Dr. Jesus, and he can do his business through his word. And this is some good stuff. And if it's that good stuff, we need to get in that good stuff. All right? It'll change you. Don't use the thing, I can't be perfect. Basically, the word of God knows you can't be perfect. I can't be perfect. None of us can be perfect outside of Jesus. But what the word does when you're in it consistently is it quickly corrects you. As soon as you start the wig on get off course, it quickly corrects you. Okay? It doesn't mean for you to throw up your hands and quit. It just means it corrects you. It corrects you. When you're teaching your children how to drive, you say, honey, those are drunk bumps. You need to stay on the road. All right? Do you need to get over? Okay, I'm trying. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I know you're not perfect. I'm not a perfect, but, honey, you can't stay over here. That's not the road. Okay? That's not, that's, that's, that's how we know if the shocks are good. That's not the road, okay? Slow down on turns. You can speed up after you finally turn. You don't have to stay at that speed forever, okay? I mean, those are things you have to teach. Jesus is doing the same thing for us because he loves us. Why do you teach your children how to drive correctly? Because you don't want them to die or kill someone else. Jesus said, hey, you're beautiful and I love you. These are my, these are my ways of teaching you how to live that blank, a blessed life. Why? Because I want to beat up on you about what you're not doing right? No, because I want to tell you what you are doing great and what you can become through me. These are his love letters. These are statutes. It's a moral direction. Look at verses 4 through 6. You have laid down precepts that are fully to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame 
But when I consider your commands, when, when I consider all of your commands, I want you to see some things. This is the eternal demands of the Word of God. Number one, I want you to see very, very quickly, right there in verse 4, that you have laid down your precepts. You. Who's the you there? God. Capital G-O-D. God did this. This is God's inerrant word. This is his word. Active, living, breathing, life-giving, life-sustaining, quencher of thirst. This is the word of God. Listen to me. These are not, this is not man's thing. This is a God thing, okay? God did that. He laid down his precepts. These are his promises, his commands, his statutes, his precepts, his love for you. These are his in, in, in these letters. What does it say there? To be fully obeyed. Now, I know you can't be half dead, and I know you can't be kind of pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not pregnant, okay? But here's the deal. You, you, his commands are to be fully obeyed. You say, well, that's it. That's it. I'm off this train because I can't fully obey them. There ain't no way. Guess what? I can't either. I can't either. But listen to me. Just because I can't fully obey everything, every second that God asks me to do, doesn't mean that I don't even try to obey one thing. Okay? Your children will not obey you fully either. You shucking them. You can't be my child because you cannot fully obey me. What? You can't fully obey God as a mama or a daddy. We can't fully obey. What we are is we continue to pursue continue to direct our life, continue that path, okay? That's what we're chasing, to be fully obedient, to hear God's voice, to read his word and jump right in, to be quickly corrected. It's not to have it all down from the day we're hatched. If we had all day even down, we're down, we're hatched. Well, what do we need Jesus for? What do we need the word for? We write another book because we got it so good. Be fully obeyed. Look at the second part of that. What else? Oh, that I, my ways, my, that Oh, that my ways would be steadfast. That's a beautiful statement. Steadfast, consistent, consistent, okay? Endurance, okay? That's what he means, steadfast. That means this, this thing is a marathon, not a sprint, amen? It's a journey, okay? It's a journey. You're not going to fully get it, okay? It's not a race, okay? It's, you're journeying, you're doing life together. That's what life groups are. Accountability. You need iron sharpening iron. You need people beside you. All of this is steadfast. You're in the Word, steadfast. And if you're steadfast in the Word, you're enduring the Word. You're enduring life. As you push through life and all of its seasons, the Word of God is pushing with you. Okay? You're going to grow in the Word as you grow as, as a man or woman. Let me tell you something. Melissa and I, and, and, and I think I can speak for my sweet wife, but I'm going to tell you, the Word of God in Scripture, when my children were born, was celebratory. The Word of God when they were teenagers is something to hold on to. I'm telling you, wherever life season is and wherever life finds you, the Word of God's different, but it's still the Word of God. It's still an anchor that holds that won't let go, my friend. Let me tell you. The, the word, you've got to get in it and be steadfast. You, you, your obedience will be steadfast. Your pursuit will be steadfast, consistent. It's an endurance. It's a journey. It's not up and down, okay? Too many people in their walk with God, is, is, it's a roller coaster. And, and that's, that's not, it's not any fun. I mean, woo-hoo, Jesus. And then six months later, it's like, dude, we're, I ain't seen them in two months. 
Yeah, I know. I mean, God doesn't want this. He does in your heart, for your heart to do that, but he wants you like this, constant, steady. Now, you hit a bump, but you don't stay in the ditch. You hit a bump, bump, but you're steady. You're steady. You're steady. You're steady. Okay, steadfast, consistent. Are you doing that? Don't get into the roller coaster Jesus high stuff. Just get into consistently loving Jesus. You will grow like crazy, okay, if you do that. Look, keep going. For the sake of time, we're rolling. Number six, verse six. Then I will not be put to shame when I consider all of your commands. Can I speak to you right now? There, there is appeal. <laughs> there is appeal that the enemy loves to prescribe to believers, and that's the appeal of guilt and shame. And he will refill your prescription until Jesus comes back if you'll take it. He wants you to walk like this. Down Troughton. Condemned. Shameful. Guilty. That's why he wants you to walk. Down. Down. If you were to walk into a military recruiting office, let's just say you want to be a Marine, okay? You better man up if you're going to walk in there. But if you're going to walk in there, and, and that officer stands up behind the chair to meet you, and you're an 18-year-old boy, and you say, hello, sir. I'm going to tell you right now, you're about to get pistol whooped. Because that dude's about to hit you upside your head so hard, you don't even want to even know it's coming. Because you do not look at an officer you, with your head down. He doesn't care what your feet look like. He wants you to look him eye to eye. He'll say, boy, you look at me when I'm talking to you. You, you get an officer, you look at an officer. A coach will say, son, get your head up and look at me. You look at them because why? Because, my friend, listen to me. He does not want you looking down at them. He wants you looking up at them, okay? I want, I want to keep rolling. He will not put you to shame. What he's talking about is too many times believers are shameful. They, they, they're on this pursuit of God. They're, in, they're, they're really doing well. And then all of a sudden, they kind of have a season where they get out of the Word, get out of church, get out of this, and they make some choices. And in those choices, they make, they're not good, okay, because starving people don't make good choices. And when you're hungry, you make bad choices, desperate choices. And so you make these choices, and, 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 and you're guilty about it. But you're, Man, I shouldn't have done that. I'm embarrassed. I embarrassed myself. It's a bad choice, la, la. And then what they do is all this shame and all this guilt comes down on them. And I'm going to tell you something. Too many times they just continue to quit. They just walk in that. They just walk in that. And let me tell you something. The Word of God will come to you, and the Word of God will remind you who you are. And I'm going to say something to you. That, that shame and that guilt by the blood of Jesus is washed out of you. It'll wash you by the Word of God. Let the Word of God wash you clean. And that shame and that guilt will not be part of who you are. Too many times believers want to live and swim in a pool of shame. Mm, come on. My Jesus did not make a pool of shame. He did not. My Jesus made a pool of mercy and grace and forgiveness and redemption. You are who you are. You're not shameful. Don't you kick yourself. You're playing the role of the enemy in your own life. Quit doing that. That's bad. You're a king's kid. You're a child of the risen king. You're a new child today. When the sun comes up, all that junk from yesterday is there. Don't be looking back at it. 
Remember who you are and get fresh back in that word of God. Don't you believe all those lies. Don't live in shame. That's what he says. You, you, you get in the word. You may feel rotten when you first get into it. You may go, oh, God, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done this. I'm sorry I did it. And you get back in the word. And you have about a split second there where you can go, no, I'm not reading it. No, I don't want to read it. But if you'll stay in that word, the cleansing of that word will wash you. And that shame and that guilt and that heaviness and that yuck will come off of you, I promise you. Okay? All of your commands. Now listen to me. When he says all of his commands, he wants all of his statutes, all of his commands, all of his precepts obeyed. Okay? It's not like the stop sign at Hope and 34th. It's not a suggestion. Okay? It really means stop. Okay? It really does. Okay? And so here's the deal. He wants us to obey all of them. We talked about fully obeyed. That's what we get. All the commands, they're beautiful. They're wonderful. Don't, don't get into the word like this. When some people read the Bible like this. Oh, bless me. Mm, I love, mm, come on. All good things come down from heaven. I'm, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, my, 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 my barns will be full. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Overflowing. Mm, overflowing. Come on. I love overflowing. That's good. Forgiveness. Oh, no, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. I'm going to find another one tithing. Oh, gosh, no, we're not. That is not. I mean, see, that's what we do, man. That's how you read the Word. You say, I never read the Word like that. That's not true. That's not true. That's how we read it. We, 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 we kind of want that good stuff, but we don't want any of that other stuff. We want none of it. And don't, don't, don't go there to gossip and tongue and all this other stuff. I mean, we don't want to touch any of that. Anger, none of that. We don't want that righteousness. And we don't want none of that stuff. But, man, you can't read it like this. It's all of your commands. Here's what I have found in, in my life, okay? Where I am in most need, okay, where I'm in most need, not where I would tell you I'm in most need, but just where I, the Father knows this is what I need. When I get into the Word, no matter what it is, the Word brings me to the Scriptures in the area that I'm in most need. So you say, preacher, I have no idea. I've been trying to get in the Word for like two weeks, and all I ever do, every time I try to do a quiet time and get in the Word, it's always about forgiveness. I don't even know. I'm so sick of that. Why is it always about forgiveness? I, is there not another verse in the whole Bible? Are, are there other verses? Why, why is it always forgiveness? <laughs> Here's what I know about God. Life is a series of pop tests, and he really wants us to do well on them. And where we're lacking He's going to continue to give you the same test until you do well and pass. So if you always get forgiveness, there's a reason. And you can't blame the teacher. Okay? He knows you best. And so when I get mine and they're repeated all the time, it's because Jeff is not there. And I don't care what I say, the Father knows better. He knows not the outside answer, but the inside. And so the reason I keep getting it is because I'm not there yet. Let's keep going. Verses 7 and 8. I will praise you with an upright heart. And as I, as I learn your righteous laws, I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. D is there is a spiritual dynamic to the Word of God. The Word of God produces, has the ability in it to produce a supernatural process. It's a supernatural power 
that the Word of God has. Like no other book in the world, none of them have the power that the Word of God does to produce a supernatural thing in you. And that's why he says, I want you to, to come before me. I want you in it with an upright heart. With an upright heart. I talked about it, looking him in the eye. You don't look at God with your head down. You're his child. He loves you. He died for you. He gave his word for you. He's coming back to get you. He does not want you looking down and shameful and ugly, feeling like you're no good anymore. No condemnation. No guilt. No shame on you. You look up with an upright heart. That's when you come into his presence and you get into his word. You come with your head up. Don't come and worship with your head down. Don't come and worship with your head down. Don't come with down head, down shows. You lift your head up. You lift your eyes to the hill. Where's my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's where it is. Where, who is my fortress? God is my fortress. Some trust in horses and treasure, but I trust in the name of the Lord. I believe you can. Be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I, even though you can't. I know you can, but even though you can't, and even if you choose not to, God, I will not bow a knee to the king. I will not bow a knee to him. I will worship you and you alone. Listen to me, upright heart. You come into the word, you come into his presence with an upright heart. That's how you approach the word. Too many people want to come in like this. Well, what did God do today? I don't know. I didn't see him do anything. No, because he don't do it on the floor. He doesn't do it on the floor, okay? He does it there. You come in, and you may be downtrodden, you may be heavy, you may be under some heavy stuff, you may be struggling, you may feel shameful, you may feel guilty, you may feel dirty, I don't care how you feel, but you walk into his presence and you lift your head up as a king's kid. And then when the presence of the Father falls and he speaks to you, you put your eyes on the king and you don't take your eyes off of him. Let me tell you, you get your head up, upright heart, that heart stands up, okay, because he's the maker of the heart. It's a spiritual dynamic and a superpower, supernatural power. Many of you know that Calico County is one of my favorite spots to eat. I eat breakfast there a lot. I've eaten there for many years. Meet Paxton every Wednesday, okay? He comes about 8. I always like to get there early. That's just who I am. So I get there about 6.45, 6.50. There's always one guy there the particular day when I came in. I always have the same seat, same booth, everything, same waiter, carry. He knows what to do. So I come in. He brings me coffee, and he don't bug me until Paxton walks in. So I get no service until Paxton gets there, okay? That's when I get to eat. Paxton is my meal ticket. Don't, don't kid yourself. So, so he gives me coffee, and I, and I study. I got about an hour, hour and 15, I can just study. So most of the time when I walk in, no one's there but Mark, okay? He's sitting up there, Mark Love. And so when I come in, I just go to my spot. Well, that particular day, there was a couple of guys sitting over here on the, in the table, and so I got in, I, I just did a normal thing for me. I greeted those. I said, good morning, because they were there before me. I just said, good morning when I walked by. I sat down. Kerry brought me coffee, makes a little joke. That's just what he does, okay? And then, then I started studying, okay? And so while, while I'm reading, about 15 minutes goes by, and this gentleman says, uh, that, stuff, that stuff worked? I said, sir? He said, that he pointed about that that stuff work. I said, "Well, yes, sir, it does." But, but I don't study the word for what it does for me. I study the word for what it does in me. And he said, "Hmm." I never thought about it like that. You see, that's true for many of us. And was that for me? See, I used to get in the word. 
and study it like the guy that says, all right, I'll try it. I'll see what it does. See if it makes a difference. Like it was some kind of deodorant or something. See what it do. See, when you go into the Word to see what it'll do for you, most of the time God will say, hmm, he ain't doing nothing. Because I ain't some dog and pony show. This is the Word. When you go into it and say, God, <laughs> I need to be in the Word because I need you to do something new in me. Then he says, oh, in you, so that I might produce a fruit out of you for my glory. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into that. I'll do that. So, friends, let me say this to you. As we jump into Psalm 119, don't jump into the Bible for what it can do for you, but what it can do in you. And I promise you this, you will love what it does for you, okay? It'll, you will love what it does for you because the Word of God is active and living. It will come down in water, and it will not go back empty. It will not. You pray with me. Father, this morning... Father, we walked in in the middle of the summer, kind of living a life of no routine and just whatever the schedule is. But God, in the midst of all of that freedom, we can, we can get off. We can get out of the Word and get out of worship. It'd be a long time since we came to the well and got a drink, came to the table of the Lord and ate from the Word. And God, today I pray that it's been good to be in your house and it's been good to be in your word. And God, I pray that we would become men and women, boys and girls of the word. Not for what it does for me, but what it does in me. So God, we need your word. I pray, Father, you'd bring us back to your word this morning. Guys, we enter a time of invitation. I pray for anyone that's sounding my voice that doesn't know you, God, that they would meet you and they would be changed forever because of they met Jesus and he changed their life. I pray for the family looking for a church home, a place to call home, a place to worship. God, you lead them here. God, for us, God, who, who, who are on the journey, God, that, but God, maybe we're not in the word where we need to be. God, that you would just lay that on our heart today and we would come back to the word today. Come back to the word. God, whatever you need to do during this invitation time, Father, I pray you do it. Do it, God, so that we might be people that are doers of the word, not hearers only. In Christ's name, amen.